0: I get inspired by others i think it's so important for us to not look at others and fall into the trap of comparinitis mm. i feel like it's so important for us to look at others who are doing well um, and get inspired
1: power to live more with joe dodds
2: welcome to the power to live more podcast all about productivity organization well-being energy and resilience
1: My name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter, and today Joe's interviewing Natalie cutler Welsh. Nat was introduced to us by Karen Tui-Boys from show number 179. Nat is known as the go-to girl. Her superpower is connecting people and empowering them to amplify their impact and visibility so they can change the world for good. She is a Canadian Kiwi, an international speaker, a parenting author, entrepreneur and mother of three, believes that the key to happiness is to up your brave say what you want and make it happen she helps people to get out of the should zone and frustration zone and instead live their lives in the impact zone where they can truly amplify their impact business and wellness Natalie works with speakers and solopreneurs and is on a mission to massively raise the state of resilience health and happiness in New Zealand and on a global scale back to the studio Today I'm interviewing Nat Cutler-Walsh of The Go-To Girl. Welcome, Nat. Thanks
2: for joining me. Thanks, Jo. It's so amazing to talk to you. So tell us a bit about who you are, what you do, and crucially, where you do it. Yes, well, I am known as the go-to
0: girl. I'm a Canadian Kiwi, so I'm born and raised in Canada, Toronto, and I actually live in New Zealand, so I have not picked up the accent as (laughs) of yet. Um, So yeah, what I do is I basically am a impact and visibility coach and connector. I work primarily with speakers and solopreneurs, but very clearly, it needs to be individuals or organizations who want to change the world for good.
2: Uh Aha, that's really specific. So great to hear how clear that is. So impact and visibility coach. uh, One of the questions I often ask my guests is what you wanted to do when you left school, because I'm not sure that would have been on your agenda, would it? (laughs) (laughs) No, it wouldn't have. But um, always, always been a connector of people, always wanted to help
0: people do and be more than they ever thought possible. So that was always my thing. But what the, the area where I was focusing initially was international development. And I did third world studies. I went to Guyana. I got malaria. So I really was that was where I thought my impact was going to be. And it turns out that through the years, the people in the chairs have changed. But my mission has always stayed the same.
2: Mm mm. So tell us a bit about how how that happened. So what the transition was from um, what you were first doing and, and how you've got to where you are now.
0: It was probably one of those moments where in Guyana and I was you know, helping to build, um, dig latrines and and build a school, which felt good and was good. But I came back feeling like I don't really have the skills. I'm not a farmer. I'm not a doctor. Um, I'm just someone who's who's grown up with a lovely life. Um, And then I ended up at after university going on to discover my heritage, moving to New Zealand for one year. And I studied international, sorry, I studied um, outdoor recreation. So I decided to, I still love being outdoors and being with people and personal development, but instead of people in third world countries, it was actually people in the country where my parents were were from and Mm -hmm. using the outdoors as a medium for personal development. So I became a rock climbing instructor, kayaking instructor, um, I did a lot of multi-sport um, competitions and uh, adventure racing and things like that. And so again, it was still helping people to do and be more than they ever thought possible, but more using skills, I guess, closer to home, even though I'd wor- I've moved halfway around the world.
2: <laughs> yeah. And the, the Monica, the the go-to girl, and I guess, is that, is that your company name as well? That is my company. It's yeah. go-to girl
0: limited. And where that came from when I moved to Auckland um, after that, we had the Christchurch earthquakes and and within 30 hours, my husband lost his job. We um, had the massive earthquake where our house was so damaged and uh, we had a baby, a newborn baby within 30 hour period. And we ended up three weeks later, moving to a whole new city and starting again. And I ended up getting together or bringing together people, women local moms in my area who were running a business. You know, one was a physio, you know one was teaching personal training classes. One was an artist. And I just did my thing, which is bring people together and help ask them questions, hold them accountable, help them to move towards their goals. And people kept saying to me, Nat, do you know someone who like, do you know someone who can help with graphic design? Do you know, do you know someone who whatever? And I was like, yes, I do. Let me introduce you. And so I kind of became the go-to girl because I started to just know all these people because I'm an extrovert and um, connecting people is my pure joy and my total superpower.
2: Mm. So it's interesting, when I first started my business, networking was a a, a big part of it. That's really how I sort of built my clients for the first two or three years. And I got sort of known for, uh, I wasn't called the go-to girl, but I was known for being a great networker and having lots of connections. And I always thought to myself, oh, I really need to sort of turn this into a business because this is Mm. my thing. And I didn't really do that at the time. And I guess some of what I do now pulls in elements of that. Uh, but it's it's not what I sort of envisaged or it wasn't even what I envisaged I had this sort of dream that I could use the skills I had in that way to you know turn it into my business and and I couldn't quite work out how to do that how did you take that opportunity and and develop it so that you ended up with a a, a profitable business and successful business that, that you're running now Mm,
0: Well, a lot of people, I think there are people out there that are connectors and there are people that aren't so much connectors and connectors like us. We love introducing people who, in my words, just need to meet each other. And when they do, it's synergy and it's beautiful and it's amazing. And I thought, well, how can I encourage people to put themselves out there, connect other people, but actually receive as well? And so um, I started something called Thank You Club, um, and that is really Uh, an opportunity for people to get other people to promote them. I know there's a lot of vibe definitely over here, but possibly internationally of people being a little bit wary of being too pushy or too salesy or don't want to do the marketing part. And so having other people be raving fans about you and then you receiving what I call TYC, thank you commission in return. um, If that turns into a client or a customer for someone that you maybe did a Facebook interview with them, or maybe you did a post or on LinkedIn, or maybe you connected them specifically with one or two people. And if that turns into business for that person, then they're like, thank you so much. Like, you know, yeah, who do I make the, who do I make the invoice out to? Mm-hmm. So that's what I developed. It's called thank you club. And that's just become something that's um, really growing in my business, I guess, especially post COVID where people just are open to ha- having other people help them to put
2: themselves out there on a bigger level. Mm. And so do you get some sort of commission from that or is it part of building your own network? Yeah, well, that
0: is something where it's a membership and I wanted to make it super affordable. It's like nine dollars, ten dollars a month, depending on your currency or 100 for the year. And so the idea is that people join the membership and everyone in Thank You Club has done like a pinky promise. And so whether (laughs) they have unique affiliate links or promo codes and of course, I help educate them on how much percentage and how to actually track the leads yeah. and things like that. So it's kind of affiliates made easy a little bit, but a lot of it is you know that every single person in the thank you club, and you can just pick and choose, you know, from the 30 people or so in there, you can go, well, there's actually only three or four that are relevant for my audience or that are mm-hmm. synergistic with my message. And it feels like it makes sense for me to be talking about yeah. their thing because so many of us have a different a similar audience, but a different offering. And if we can tap into each other's gold and um, and genu- make genuine referrals and connections, but also receive, not just receive a thank you, but receive the TYC, um, then everybody wins.
2: Yes, yeah, yeah. I just need to sort of um, interject here and say that um, I love the fact that we're recording this in December and you've talked about a post-COVID world because New Zealand is yes. doing a great job, aren't they? We're not quite <laughs> post over here yet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm a, you know what? I'm I'm an, an I'm ever an optimist, ever an optimist, but um, yeah, we are doing we are doing well in New Zealand. So yeah. it's not normal, but it's it's actually a little bit easier than what everyone else is going through. Yeah. Definitely.
2: By the time this is published in April, um, hopefully we'll have joined you at that stage. But uh, let's see, let's see. So, um, how do you determine the people that you want to work with? You've talked about. Um, impact and you've talked about um sort of pe- organizations with purpose and so on and that's again quite clear in terms of who you want to work with for a lot of people that isn't something that happens straight away it's quite a development because you know when we're starting out we want to say yes to all the business and I don't yes. know about you but I've ended up working with people I haven't really wanted to work with because it was income <laughs> yes. and as you are in business for longer you start to get a lot more discerning how's that transition happened for you so I've been in business
0: about nine years now, and it has been a journey, transition, but it has felt quite natural. So I started off Go To making social media and networking easy, fun, and fabulous. So I was really a social media coach and uh, and a connector. So the connections and the Go To Girl networking nights have always been what I do, but. Um, I actually navigated through the years and I niched down. So imagine if we were there in person and I'm holding my hands out like big fish, right? Like two big hands far apart. Yeah. That's like, I work with women in business. Okay, great. Well, now I'm going to make that much smaller. Mm-hmm. I said to you, not too much smaller, people who want to change the world for good. Okay, awesome. But also I'm an impact and visibility coach. So for me, it's really people who are ready to shine and who want to use their voice. And I touch my throat here, want to use their voice. Uh, to change the world for good. And I help them to amplify their impact online, on stage, or in the media. So again, my fish, you know, pose gets narrower because, and then women like that can go, oh my God, that's me. They can self-identify. They can put their hand up going, I want to speak, or I want to do Facebook Lives, or I want to interview people, um, and I want to change the world, I need to talk to Net. I need to get in front of the go-to girl. Because I think if I'm super clear, which I am, I, of course I can help way more people than that, but if I'm super clear on who I want to work with and love to work with, and I'm really the best at working with those people, then I'm going to do a better job, and people can come to me, and they'll, they'll be able to identify themselves. Whereas if someone's like, I'm just starting up my business, can you excuse me, can you help? I'm like, well, yes, I can. But let me connect you with Jane. She's from budding businesses. And she specializes in helping people who are just getting started.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. So how does that manifest in terms of how you actually work with your clients? Um, well, how does it in terms of
0: what I've got to amplify membership, which I help people in, that's more of like a weekly focus where I do a weekly video and help them in different aspects of their business. Mm-hmm. Some of the exciting stuff like yesterday, um, I launched a video about how to get the gig and rocket in the media because a lot of my clients I help them get on TV, radio, magazine articles. But it's not just that. It's like, if you do get that gig, how do you rock it and do a good job? And how do you leverage that and Mm -hmm. promote that and have it lead on to new opportunities and new clients for yourself? So the way that I work with my clients is really finding out their wider intentions in terms of visibility, in terms of impact through their business. And then we figure out what is the best pathway? Like, what does that look like for you? And they might be like, I would love to be on podcasts. Great. What else? Oh, I would love to be interviewed on radio. It's not so much being famous. It's Mm. being uh, visible so that they can change the world for
2: good. Mm. And what does that mean in terms of sort of day-to-day activity? What do, do your days look like? My days are really full, um,
0: especially now, because I also have a health component to my business. And right now, with the current climate is a lot of people are way more concerned about health and wellness. Mm -hmm. And also, they want to be visible as business owners, and they need to pivot and they need to be digital. So digital enable enablement is one of my things I help people with. So my days are very busy. My calendar is very full, but I've always worked from home. I've always been very keen to be almost like my hardworking dad when I grew up, but also my at home mother who was always at the door when we came home. So I'm kind of in a way, <laughs> I don't know if I'm successfully trying to do both of those things where I'm, I feel like I'm here for the kids yeah. and they're not, they're nine, uh, 12 and 14. So, mm-hmm. so I have always been here for the kids and I really like that. It's really important to me.
2: Yes. Yeah. So how do you then prioritize between work and life? You know, it's quite difficult at times to switch off and, and switch to home life when you've just been in the middle of some sort of big work project. Um, I guess as the, the children have got older, that's easier. I, I have a 14 year old daughter and certainly I have much more availability to, to um, be able to decide that myself now. But when they're mm. smaller, you often have things you have to do or interruptions and so on. How, how do you Sort of integrate those two parts of your life, bearing in mind we're at home. I mean, obviously, a lot of people have been at home in the last sort of nine months to a year who who hadn't expected to be, but we mm. chose to be, and we've run our businesses in that environment sort of all along. So, how how do you make that happen?
0: Yeah, I think in a way because I love my work so much and I'm a bit of a workaholic, it was almost easier when the when I had you know one at kindy and one was a baby because when he was napping I could work, and when he wasn't napping. I just couldn't work. And so I was much better with my boundaries. And as he got older, I was just like, it was, I really had to make myself not work when he was awake and playing and things like that. So now that they're older, I really, um, I don't do things at night. Um, I mean, I love social events. That's not a problem. But because I'm, um, because I'm, my mind is so busy. If I do an interview or a Zoom or I do a coaching call at night, I'm so wired that I find it really, really hard to sleep. So one of my boundaries is basically no nights. Like I just, in terms of my booking, I'm very big on my booking calendar system. I, I I choose the hours that people can book me. I normally don't start work till 10 in the morning because I just don't want to. I like leisurely start to the day um, and then no one can pass book me past three. However, because I'm so busy just at the moment, because so many businesses want help, I've opened up a little bit more availability at the moment, but normally I'm very good with those timeframes. But yeah, you really have to keep reminding yourself about boundaries and having a physical space obviously is helpful. So I do have an office, um, but trying not to move my computer my laptop and take it with me from room to room that would be my achilles heel because i just take it with me and then i'm on the computer in the lounge so that would be my thing is trying to keep the laptop in the office
2: yes yeah yeah i think i mean that's one of the the sort of advantages of the working from home being at home all the time bit is that you can be flexible and it's interesting i think for me since uh the sort of the lockdown the pandemic um i've ended up working at times that I wouldn't normally work at because I'm not going out of the house anymore either so um you know we're doing a call at uh, it's 20 to 11 at night for me and I'm a nightbird so it's fine absolutely fine for me but sort of in the old days you know a year ago I wouldn't have scheduled this in unless absolutely necessary because I'd be out at choir or I'd be you know seeing friends or whatever but of course having been a you know having to stay at home I've ended up sort of upending my days doing things at you know different times because I can because I'm not going anywhere I mean just before we came on it, it went not appeal to people in April but uh, we've just been watching the Grinch <laughs> so my daughter's now gone off to bed and I've come to do a podcast interview um, I probably wouldn't have done that you know a year ago but it's about sort of responding to the moment isn't it and working out what works for you regard you know with what everything that's going on around you but also as you said having those boundaries and making sure that you don't just end up working all the time because you can because that's not exactly Mm. interesting I can't believe I mentioned the Grinch in April (laughs) (laughs) because of course it's not April now is it (laughs) so so what about getting things done in terms of like to-do lists and project plans and that sort of thing what sort of tools and um uh, strategies do you use for that
0: Yeah, I'm very much a go-getter and I get things done person. So I do like seeing results and productivity. Mm -hmm. Um, I love Trello still. So I I do use Trello to keep track of um, even even potential clients, people that I might have shoulder tapped. I'll have them in a column and I'll move them across um, existing clients. I do use Google Docs a lot. I know it's quite a basic tool, but I find it so convenient when I'm doing coaching with people. I never write on paper because I don't like to double you know, double my time up. So yeah. when I'm taking notes, when I'm listening to them, I am typing and I'm very fast because I've done my master's. So I've written a thesis So I type very, and I've written a book. So I've, I type very fast yeah, and I can just take the notes into the Google doc, which we share. So I don't do emails back and forth. I don't do word documents that get confusing. So I loved Google docs and also team app has been quite convenient. Um, my health business is a doTERRA business mm-hmm. and we use team app to keep in touch with all the events and the promotions and things like yeah. that.
2: Yeah. So go back to the, the Google Docs um, example. So you're saying when you have clients and you're coaching, you have a, a Google Doc that you share and you make notes into that so that both of you can see it. Is that what you're saying?
0: Exactly. So I really don't do pre-work or post-work. Like yeah. when I'm coaching them, I am literally listening to them, asking them questions, absorbing, and I'll, I'll listen to what they say. And this is part of my thing that I love doing. And I'll just take all the magic and the gold that they're giving me and I'll just zhuzh it a little bit and I'll just reword some of it, you know, and and yeah. together we create some of their Facebook posts or their, you look at their about page on their on, or LinkedIn profile or whatever it is that we're doing. Um, but I use Google docs as the go-to location. And then I share that with them And if we're writing an article for a magazine, again, I'll open up a new Google doc and and we'll write into that one specific document. I just find it really convenient um, Mm -hmm. to keep track of what we're doing and what we've done in the past in the previous sessions. And they can always refer to it. I put homework in there for them, but I don't send it back and forth. I don't send, I do use um, private messenger. I do love Facebook. Um, But I generally try to keep all the homework and all the, the notes in my Google Doc. And I even do that on my phone, I'll stand there on my phone on my Google Docs. And sometimes I don't need my whole laptop with me.
2: Yeah, I think it's a a real top tip, as you say, to stop the need to duplicate work and end up Mm -hmm. with different versions. And as you say, sort of backwards and forwards, it's a a really good tip for for people to think about how you share content in the moment, um, in a collaborative way with people. It saves so much time, doesn't it? Like yesterday,
0: one of my clients, she was making some notes. She's a well-being person that helps um, in corporate spaces, getting people to get more of the outdoors in. And she wrote some notes on her own notepad. And I said, I'll just take a picture. So I took a photo of her notes. And then I just uploaded them right then and there into the Google Doc. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I love it. Love it. So do you have anybody to help you? Do you delegate and outsource things, whether that be to um, even family? (laughs) I delegate the intros to my uh, podcast to my daughter. Yes, that's so good. Yes, I have two helpers. So I have,
0: um, number one, on and off over the years, I did have a virtual assistant a little bit here and there and based in the Philippines, Irene, she's so lovely. Um, But then I got to the point where I just wanted someone to come in to my actual house and help Mm me, whether it be fill little bottles with essential oils for samples or take the leads from the expo and put them into my laptop or whatever. So I actually employ a local mom who's been a longtime friend of mine. So she's kind of my Assistant slash BDM, you know, business development manager, because she also has a business background. So, and she'll call me out. I'll say, And I said to her, listen, next week, can we just book in two hours? And instead of you going through, Nat, have you done this? Have you done that? And me delegating things to you, can we actually look at my plan? You know, we'll do a three month, 90, you know, 90 day plan. And I get her to help me. So that's a unique skill set. But so I've got her and then I have my husband who is not in my business at all. However, he's a very amazing, very involved dad. And for those of us out there that are mothers, we know mothers do right the lion's share of taking the kids to the dentist taking the kids to the doctor taking the day off work when they're sick whatever and he um he doesn't do those things (laughs) I do those things but he does the logistics like pays for the cheer yeah I make the money mainly you know we both make the money but he'll do the logistics of paying for the cheerleading and the hip-hop and knowing when this uniform for whatever has to be ordered and you know he does a lot of the what normally fall into the mom job category and he loves to cook I cook probably maybe twice a week and he'll often come in going do you want me to take over and I'm like okay (laughs)
2: <laughs> Only mine would do that. He does cook, but I under- And he loves grocery shopping. <laughs> Brilliant. Even better. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. so while that's not helping me in my actual business, obviously it takes away from some yeah. of my mum duties because yeah. right, those duties never end either.
2: No, no, exactly. Exactly. So one of the five fundamentals I talk about um is around self-care and it's something that's been uh talked about so much over the last year uh with all the pandemic and Um, the potential burnout and the stress and everything else how do you make sure you keep healthy and energetic for your business
0: yes well I um, essential oils definitely which I added five years ago to my life and also to my business so using them in the diffuser for mood uh, if I have any any feeling not fabulous in my tummy or my head or whatever so I That's a daily routine, daily ritual. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So I would say oils and the outdoors. I used to be, as you know, an outward bound instructor and a rock climbing teacher and all those things. But I really, ever since we had kids, we really haven't done a lot of that stuff, but we do have a dog. So for me, having nature time daily um, is really important and I'm definitely prioritizing it more going forward. Um, And the other one, I love a hot bath, you know, a hot bath Will, because again, it's I guess it's kind of nature in a way. I don't want to go. We live seven minute drive from the ocean, but I'm not really one to dive into the cold water. I'm more of a hot bath person. So for me, that is my time, like sanctuary where kids aren't bothering me. I'm in the bath and I'm present and I'm not on my phone and I'm not on my computer. And I'm I, that for me is really helpful for refueling.
2: You're traumatizing me. We don't have a bathroom at the moment. The, the oh, plumber sorry. hasn't come twice to put our new <laughs> bath in. <laughs> But it'll be so good when it when it when it's there. It hey, will. I keep telling myself, and I'm so glad that the uh, the uh, lockdown regulations haven't stopped the uh, tradespeople, because it would have been quite traumatic to spend Christmas without a bath. But uh, mm. yes, I know exactly what you mean. Those uh, those baths in comparison to the cold water, we're quite near the sea as well, and uh, it's not one. It's not a thing that I'm ever likely to do. <laughs> and it's a bit uh, colder here than yours. I, I would imagine. Yes. <laughs> So what about learning and improving? How do you keep yourself moving forwards and up to speed with what's going on?
0: Yes, I love um, constantly learning, um, constantly. But it's it's things like Mel, Mel Robbins, Brene Brown. I love watching them on YouTube, but I'm not religiously watching them daily. But I'll read a book, then I might listen to a podcast Um then I, you know, not in one day, but over the period of a month, I might do a book, podcast, a couple of videos. Um, but definitely people that I get inspired by others. I think it's so important for us to not look at others and fall into the trap of comparinitis. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's so important for us to look at others who are doing well um, and get inspired and be and, and bec- become bigger than, you know, move towards who we want to be and how we want to show up. And I, I do that with, with a lot of people. So, and I watched the occasional TED talk. Um, I love, I'm very into, um, strengths. So the Clifton Strength Finder or the Gallup. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I really think if we all just were in our zone of genius and using our strengths instead of trying to become perfect or well-rounded, which isn't even a thing, um, then we would all be happier.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. No, I love, I love the strengths. I was introduced to it a good 15 years ago and then ignored it forever. And then about three or four years ago, found the report (laughs) and then (laughs) had I actually followed it life would have been a lot more aligned with what I wanted and uh, yeah so I've really lived it ever since but uh, well it
0: would be so fascinating to do it again because they do suggest I think to do it one no no closer than every three years but right. if you haven't done it
2: yes yeah maybe I, I will um, well I I did the one where you get the top five and then yes. um, you're, you're supposed to be able to upgrade to do all of them but because of, I think I did it through a book originally such a long time ago they haven't got my details on record that match up. Sort of thing. So you're right. I think I need to, to do it again and, uh, and check out all of them. I'm, I'm just a bit concerned that my top five that I'm really focusing on might suddenly become not my top five anymore. <laughs> I'm sure that's not going
0: to be, be fascinating. I'll hold you accountable. I would love yeah. to know what your top
2: five yeah. are. Yeah, I'll let you know as soon as I do it. Lovely. So um what about um routines and rituals do you have certain things you've talked to a, a little bit about some of that already i think is some of of what we've talked about already but do you have certain things that you do every day or every week uh, or every month to keep you on track and keep you developing and keep your business running as it should yeah I do. I have Me Monday. So me on Me Monday, that's when I
0: book my, if I'm getting a massage or my hair colored or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but on Me Monday is the idea is that I work on me. So it might be personal development or it might be my business, like my keynote talk, right? Or yeah. my program, not my client's work. Yeah. So all of us that have businesses, we know how easy it is to do the work, but not really work on the business because you're so busy in the business. So me Monday is really great. And then I usually give a tip in my free group. I have a free Facebook group and I'll do something for me Monday, encouraging people to think about themselves. Like, what are you doing this week or today specifically to move you forward in, or, you know, so I'll, I'll do some health and wellness things or some motivational things. So I do me Monday, I do wellness Wednesday, um, and usually I'll do something about wellness. Sometimes it's essential oils, not always. And then I will do Fab Friday. And on Fab Friday, I usually not always um, do a little interview with someone that is amazing, someone amazing, doing amazing things. And yeah. I'll do a little bit of an interview with them. So with that structure for me in my calendar, um, And then I obviously have my client work that I'm doing. And I do try to see people normally, I don't know in normal environments, I do try to have one or two in-person connections every week um, because I do love people and I do love meeting in person, but most of my work is on Zoom, Um,
2: Mm.
0: right? Yeah, definitely on Zoom.
2: I love the Me Mondays, I tend to do that on Fridays, but that doesn't like work, does it? I need an F word for Fridays. (laughs) I'll we'll have to think. Maybe Fair Friday. Yeah, maybe I'll just have to do that, and then just swan around, and then it'll it'll work. fab Friday sounds great. <laughs> Lovely. So, last couple of questions. So, firstly, what about those days where it goes horribly wrong? What do you do on those days?
0: Well, the beauty is as business owners, we can just do whatever we want, really. So, I mean, I had someone the other day say that she just went and had a nap in the middle of the day because she could. So I think, you know, for me, when things go horribly wrong, which actually doesn't happen that often, um, but I can just, take a break. I can just like, I can cancel a meeting. Like we, we, we can do that. We reschedule things or cancel a meeting or go for a walk. It definitely would be going for a walk. I used to be a runner back in the day. I I might go for a jog if I'm stressed, (laughs) pick up the pace. Um, but just getting outside can definitely be helpful. Um, yeah, yeah. And and I think my thing, because my philosophy is if you don't love it, don't do it. So coming back to the delegation, I do try to delegate tasks that I'm not good at and I don't love to my helper, my VA lady. Um, But I think because I live by that, you know, getting out of what I call the should zone and doing what you said you would do, what you think you should do. I don't live in that place. I try not to as much as possible. I try to live in what I call the impact zone where you're guided by empowered choices and intentional actions. So I'm literally aiming as much of the time as possible to do what I genuinely actually want to be doing. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, it means that things don't fall to pieces so often, because you're not doing a whole bunch of things you don't really want to do.
2: No, no, absolutely. You can come again, intentional is a word I use a lot. And obviously, the, the bit about doing the stuff that you want to do and doing not doing the stuff that you don't want to do is exactly what power to live more is all about so that's what what my last question is so those days where you get to live more which is where you get to do the things that you want to do and less of the stuff that you don't want to do what do those days look like for you
0: well, one of my favorite things to do, and it is with clients, but it's so much fun. And I go, is this actually my job? <laughs> is I take some of my clients' um, personal brand shopping. So I'm a, I remember I studied international development. My my master's is in, in environmental education. So I'm an eco geek from way back. And I love um, op shopping, which means um, pre-loved or still loved clothing. Mm-hmm. And every day, at least 50% of my wardrobe just happens to be pre-loved. Anyway, so I take my ladies' personal brand shopping for their photo shoots for their videos for their speaking gigs for their networking events but we go and it's eco-friendly and we go and we do style sessions and I just think like is this actually my job this is so much
2: fun (laughs) (laughs) I love it I love it excellent so it's been great talking to you today Nat and tell people how they can find out more about you and get in touch Sure, they can look up my website and I'll tell you the the, the
0: link because the spelling is tricky. nataliecutlerwelsh.com is my website. I also have upyourbrave.com because what I help people do is to up their brave. So it's up your brave, which is being courageous, you know, say what you want and then make it happen. So that's that's really what I'm about. So upyourbrave.com.
2: Lovely. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much for your time. Cheers, Joe. See ya. All this information is available in the show notes. If you go to to powertolivemore.com forward slash, in this case, 202, then you'll find them there. This week, I want to talk to you about standard operating procedures, or SOPS, to give them their shortened name. Uh, Not a particularly exciting topic. We were talking at the gold call this week about the fact that it's not very exciting, but that when you have procedures that you craft within your organisation, within your business, and preferably write down or record somewhere and make sure that they're streamlined, it can really help you to get things done, to potentially outsource that work. And if you have outsourced it, as has happened to me in a few situations, when you have outsourced it and your VA or whoever isn't available for whatever reason, I had both of my v a s over the last few years have babies, then you can pick up the job again because you've got those procedures written down, and you can just follow them because you know quite often you outsource something, somebody else takes it on and then you can't entirely remember how you're supposed to do it, <laughs> and that's where the procedures can be really helpful, but also they just really free you up they free up your headspace if you like to do the important things to do the things that you enjoy and to be creative and all that sort of thing without needing to worry about about process. So for example, with my podcast, I have a very comprehensive process for administering my podcast right the way through from booking my guests in to holding the interview to then editing the interview to then creating the marketing materials and so on. And that procedure has been honed over a good number of years. And in fact, I used to change it quite a lot as I sort of streamlined it and, and worked out the best way to put it together. I haven't changed it for probably a year, 18 months now because it works really well. Or <laughs> it does generally, unless I don't follow it. And uh, interesting, uh, last week I, for some reason, forgot to record my podcast outro, uh, and which is what I'm doing today. And I nearly forgot to do it today as well because I didn't actually check my process. And uh, it's actually four o'clock in the morning and I'm just in the middle of setting live a website that I've done with a colleague uh, over the last few months. And uh, hopefully <laughs> when you're listening to this, it will be live and all will be well. But it's taken um, almost, well, probably 36 hours since being ready to go live to actually getting it to go live because um, we've had some issues. And my hosting company's doing some work on it for me as I speak. So hence I'm still awake and I was just looking at my to-do list and then realized that I hadn't done my outro and I thought how ironic (laughs) as it's part of a very comprehensive process and procedure and yet I wasn't following it so perhaps not such a good example (laughs) although I do normally follow it uh, but you know I know what I haven't done and I'm now sort of resolving that because if I don't get this done now then My VA, who edits the podcast, won't be able to do that because you'll have a part of it missing. Uh, So, you know, that's sort of part of the importance of having those comprehensive procedures. So where in your business are you doing things on a regular basis, weekly, daily, intermittently, but still sort of fairly often that you could streamline and then record to know that that's the process that you'll follow moving forwards? And sort of turn it into a routine for yourself or, as I've said already, into something that you can outsource for somebody else to do. And next week at our Gold Members Call, Power to Live More Calm Gold Members Call, we're going to be talking about outsourcing. So if that's something that would be of interest to you and you're listening to this podcast quite quickly after it's come out, then you can join the membership by going to powertolivemore.com forward slash get calm and use the code MY1TRIAL, and you'll get the first month for a pound, and you can join and come along to our call on Monday. And if you're not listening to this podcast quickly after it's come out, then we may have had the discussion about uh, outsourcing, but we do record the discussions, and I make some notes, and all of that information is held in the membership site, so please do still go to powertolivermore.com forward slash get calm. And again, the show notes for this week's show are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 202. And we look forward to speaking to you next week.
1: Use your power to live more.